from around the world, and playing Keep Away with Tiny Tim's Crutch. This is the Future Ghosts Podcast from Paranormal One. Welcome back for the first time to Paranormal One Future Ghosts podcast. We are the Future Ghosts. I am Mike Grasso here with Steve Bartell and Josiah Lee Henson. Hi, guys. Hello. Hey, Mike. Boy, it, it feels nice and fresh and just like a brand new start, doesn't it? Yes, it does. <laughs> this is actually episode 40, which is unbelievable. Um, I thought four was a big deal, so four is big. Uh, it, it, at the rate we're releasing, but I don't know if we're going to get to f- that trip to Hawaii anytime soon. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, hey, we're, we're we're building up when we're doing sponsorships. We're building up in there. I think we're up to about ten bucks now, so we are on our way. We're, we'll, we'll be getting there, but uh, yeah. So so future ghosts, aren't we all? Maybe depending on how it goes. I don't know if, if, if I cross over and I see, if I have a choice of like hanging out in an old attic for eternity or following the light where everlasting paradise awaits me. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Give, given the choice, I, I think I might. But um, I mean, if, if, uh, if it's not up to us, where would you guys like to hang out for the next several thousand years? Hmm. Good to think about that one. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a little deeper than I was prepared to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd like to be in the donut shop. That would smell great. <laughs> sure, um, sure. Coffee shop. Oh, wait yeah. a minute. That might not be a donut shop forever. Uh, you, you wonder about that. You'll hear about, you know, do, do ghosts really cross over or do they just move to a different street corner? How does that work? I know we can, well, obviously there's a lot of unanswered questions there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you you, you got to figure that sometimes there might not be a choice involved or there's this confusion or something. So um, I don't know, just kind of a weird thing. Yeah, I don't think... I don't think the counter attic would definitely be my first choice, but I know it's a place so that much. if I wanted to get a message across, I know that someone's yeah. going to be there, you know, listening. Yeah. Yeah. If I had something to say, I'd know where to go. Right. Right. Um, but again, you know, given that choice, follow the light, go to the attic. Yeah. <laughs> the, the light might went out. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, part part of the reason we're doing this is uh, one of the initial intentions with Paranormal One as a whole was sort of to be a, a an umbrella for other things happening underneath it. So, uh, things are kind of slowly moving in that direction behind the scenes with other stuff going on. So, uh, and, and you don't want to limit yourself for the future. So uh, that, that's one of the reasons to add the future ghost, differentiate the podcast from any of the other things that are happening. Uh, and, and plus, and uh, I guess if you're listening to this, you might not need to hear it, but it might help you when you're talking to your, to all of your friends and telling them about it, is that we, it, we're hoping it might make it a little bit easier to find when you're typing it into Spotify or wherever you're listening to your, uh, to your podcasts. So, you know, a couple, a couple reasons for doing that. Uh, it seems like just the word paranormal and the number one 
brings up a lot of search results depending on how you're looking for it. So uh, we're hoping this will help again to make that a little easier. So um, there's that. There's that. So uh, you guys said I uh, had Friday. Was it Friday you had your big event? Yep. Friday night. Yeah. How'd that go? I think overwhelmingly it was a huge success. Yeah, I, I agree. It, it was uh, <clears throat> just one of those nights where, you know, the camaraderie, the, uh, you know, the location itself, uh, just the guests were all great. You know, the, the majority of them were very, uh, very into it and very. Uh, that helps. Yeah, exactly. Very engaged and everything. We even got a, uh, I don't know if you saw that, but we got a message of people thanking us, you know, and that. Yep. That doesn't happen every event. So to have that, you know, they follow up and say, hey, we don't let you know you have we had a great time. That's pretty unusual. So that was a great thing to hear that. Well, yeah. they must have had a really good time then. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it, and so initially, I think there, there was they had a pretty high goal for the number of people that they wanted to come because they can accommodate this. The dining area at Laredo Taft is huge, so they they mm-hmm. can accommodate quite a few people. So they kind of aimed you know pretty high but we ended up i think we had about 16 16 people had signed up and about 12 uh, ended up showing up <clears throat> okay but out of those 12 only two people lived locally uh wow. well, t- 10 of them h- half of them came from downtown chicago half of them came from the chicago suburbs like the schaumburg wow area. yeah any idea what brought them out there what got their attention um, I think NIU has a uh, pretty broad-based, um, broad-based uh, email platform. Ah, so I think okay. whenever they do some sort of an event, they send it out to everybody that's on their email list, similar to like White okay. Pines and things like that. And then yeah. once they see that there's a different type of event coming out, then they can sign up for it. Um, we also posted it. I think we posted it on several outlets as well. So um, probably a combination of all those different things. Yeah, but either way, they uh, they had traveled quite a distance, and yep. I know that Shannon, she's the director over there at the Laredo Taft Field Campus, so, mm-hmm. you know, I guess we should mention the name of the place that we we're at, but <laughs> it's out here in Oregon, <laughs> Illinois. It's uh, directly next to the uh, Eternal Indian statue on the on the bluffs overlooking the Rock River, and uh, okay. this Laredo Taft Campus is owned by Northern Illinois University, and uh, yeah, so... So that's where the event was held at. But, uh, yeah. And the name Laredo Taft, he is the sculptor that actually sculpted the uh, Eternal Indian and uh, several mm-hmm. other very famous sculptures around the Chicagoland area. Yeah, I know we've mentioned uh, the Taft campus on here before because I know we had investigated it in the past and gave the history yeah. of it, the Eagle's Nest Art Colony and, and how it originated, uh, you know, with all the artists that used to come out there for the summers and, and then how it transitioned into being sold to to nau but but yeah so anyways I, they have this uh huge dining facility they they uh the dining that building actually is you know we can get into this in a little bit but that turned out to be the most haunted place uh, <laughs> of the three buildings that we did investigate at that no night. kidding yes yes but what we did is we uh we had a nice buffet well, dinner. i say the farts are just the ghosts of food that you ate <laughs> perfect yeah so, so the yeah. event the event was it was it was a 50 dollars price tag but with that you got um a buffet style dinner um mm. they had a nice uh a nice beef roast and everything with, with vegetables and you know all kinds of sides and yeah it, it was fantastic okay. it, it was 
you know, and, and then, so we, we ate dinner, uh, Shannon, who's the director there, uh, gave a presentation. We started talking about some of the equipment and how the night was going to run. And, uh, yeah. And then we divided up into groups and investigated and man, everyone had a great time. Everyone, I think everyone had something happen too at one yeah. point or another of the three groups. One of my That's favorite type of things. Oh, go ahead. Well, no, I'm sorry. I was just going to say one of my favorite things about an event like this is always leading up to it. I, I have this nervous feeling in my stomach that yep. it's not going to go well. And I don't know why. I'm, I'm generally not a pessimist, but I just have that feeling most of these times. But it always ends up working out great. Um, and something that really stood out to me was Bob, uh, Bob Merrill. He's one of our group mates. He got up and he, Bob normally doesn't, uh, doesn't stand up in front of the groups and talk much, but he was able to stand up and talk about quite a few different things and he was really well spoken on it. And it, it just made me really proud. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was very proud to see, um, how, how all that transpired. And it it was like really engaging. You didn't look around the room and see anybody twiddling their thumbs or anything. It was like everybody was pretty focused and I, I really enjoyed the night for sure yeah well, great. When, I was, when i was doing my part of the presentation and everything um one of the one of the guests a couple of the guests actually had questions you know yeah. and it, it was mm. a pretty deep question too yeah. you know she's like where do you think ghosts come from and can they travel to you know and and it, it kind of <laughs> caught me off guard but i said okay well these are you know drawing on some of our podcasting chats and everything and research you know i said well these are kind of the different theories on why they do mm. what they do and how they do it. You know, yeah. I think you did a great job answering that, especially like, <laughs> thank you <laughs> so quickly and off the cuff. See, see my pants. Yep. <laughs> but, uh, but yes, yeah, so, so, so the three buildings we investigated, uh, the dining hall, which also has a classroom down below. And I know we have talked about this before because, uh, Josiah had an experience down there in the basement. Um, if you know, we, we can get into that maybe, or do you, do you want to, do you want to just recap there? Yeah, briefly? I can just quickly recap it. So um, this is down in the basement of the dining hall, which is a somewhat modern building, 1960s uh, building. You know, it's not like that creepy building that you normally expect to have haunted things happening in. And more so, we were in the basement that's really recently remodeled. So it's a nice looking fresh freshly remodeled basement area where i think overflow goes where if they've got a large event um Mm. and the dining hall's full then the overflow goes down there and kids can eat down there and all that and um we were investigating with raps the raps team and i think we had the majority of the team there and uh, it was the evening and we were all downstairs and i felt um kind of like an electric feeling and others in the group felt it as well including ann green which is uh bob's mother and at the same time her and i looked at each other and like what the hell was that like it felt like it kind of just breached into the room and at that time i felt something like putting pressure against the back of my arm and that was the Hmm. very first experience i've ever had where something was physically touching me that wasn't there you know so to me that was pretty interesting out of 10 12 years of investigating finally having that happen (laughs) was like okay this is cool that's cool that is nice yeah yeah so we, we knew that you know there was the potential for things to happen in that building um the other two buildings that we investigated one of them is called uh the poli house and uh I don't quite remember the history behind that or how it got its name, but, yeah. um, but I know that I, I've, when we've been there before for, for different things, they, they usually, usually have, uh, artwork in there or, or blank, you know, like quilt quilts and everything. But, um, a caretaker for 
the uh, a former caretaker has been seen. His spirit's been seen right outside that location. And I know last mm. time we investigated there, a lot of the equipment was going off in that building. So that was one of the ones we did. It's a one story, one story cabin type thing. The other one we okay. did was the uh, one of the administrative offices. That's where the director has her office at. And there's an executive boardroom <clears throat> looking room that's all wood paneled and everything. And that uh, was Laredo Taft's residence. So, oh. so we figured that place might have good residuals to it. That's the place when we talked about it before down in the basement of the area. Um, they have uh, field classes in the basement and everything, but there's a closet that you walk in and uh, that's where all their Wi-Fi and all, all the, you know, routers and everything are all set up. But mm. in that room, there's a bare, uh, like limestone rock they pretty much Ah. built the whole building around the rock outcropping and rather than you know blocking it off they just kind of utilize that space as their as a closet nice cool and and that basement uh every single person that works there refuses to go in the basement alone and and especially at night and everything so and that's the tornado shelter one of the main shelters where they're supposed to go but shane oh really yeah, and Shannon, the director, said, I think she used some explicit language, but she was pretty much <laughs> saying that if there ever is a tornado, she is not going in that blanking building. She's going to walk halfway across the campus in a tornado to go to a different one. So that kind of tells you a little <laughs> bit about it. Sure does. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That That's pretty cool. So her office is on the first floor, the, this, this basement area. Uh, she, she says... The feeling that they get in the basement is distinctly malicious, but she said in the upstairs where her office is at, there's also a presence um, that is not, uh, it doesn't feel evil or bad, but mm-hmm. there's definitely a presence that that's, lingers out in the hallway where her office is at and everything. So Josiah and I led the tours in that building all night. Um, Bob and Ann took the Pulley house. And Greg and Alan took the uh, dining hall with the downstairs classroom or, you know, that overflow area. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think we all at different times with different groups had things happen. And, uh, you know, after the very first session, um, after the very first session, Greg said, we got a great EVP and he played it for us. And uh, they had asked a question. And right after the question, you hear a loud, like, like kind of a whisper type thing and then you hear what sounds like just stuff falling over like remember remember at uh ferrari you always talked about the box of (laughs) of shit rolling down the stairs you know it it, it was just like that's exactly what it sounded like yeah it was just it was just a clatter and he said he said it was dead silent in the room the whole time nothing was dropped nothing had moved so in addition Hmm. to catching this like sigh or whisper they also caught all this weird clatter that came from apparently nowhere you know Wow. That happened in the very first session. Um, Then we had our EVP that um, is, we don't think it's a human. um, And it's nothing like, you know, you immediately think human. Well, what else could it be? Could it be a demon? No. Um, We think it was man's best friend. So we, uh, Steve and I were leading a group of four women. Uh, One of them was the aunt and then there was a younger girl there. I think she was about 13 or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were all pretty much there for her. The other two remaining women were the aunt's friends, but they were all there to kind of support the young girl because she's really big into this stuff. And, you know, this, this uh-huh. is right up her alley. And 
Um, we were downstairs in the basement of the Taft campus and we were doing an EVP session and we were going to do a burst session where we record the EVP, you know, about maybe five, six questions and then immediately play it back in real time Mm -hmm. so we can all listen to it. And, um, I think it was after the second question, uh, one of the ladies, during the playback, one of the ladies said, Hey, I think I just heard a dog barking. And obviously if there were a dog barking, we would have all heard it in the room. So <laughs> right. we played it back and sure enough, we hear the sound of what appears to be a small dog barking and okay. That's interesting. Sure. But then one of the participants starts getting a little choked up and a, a little bit, um, kind of like emotional. And I just asked, I said, Hey, do you mind kind of explaining what, what this is all about? And her friend said, well, she's got a story about a dog. Um, you know, she'll tell it if she wants to. And she starts telling us about um, her her dog that I guess she was just really, really attached to had recently passed away. And what mm. was really interesting is she's got a necklace um, that she wears that has the dog's ashes in it. Um, oh, wow. And she had it on that night. And she believes that what we heard may have been the dog materializing or, you know, saying, hey, I'm okay type of thing. And it was pretty prominent. Mm. I mean, do you agree? Yeah. To oh, yeah. She, she was definitely moved big time. And, yeah. uh, you know, I... Uh, it's funny because they said a dog bark. So I'm listening and I'm expecting like a roof, you yeah. know, and, and it said it was like a, roof, you yeah. know, like a, like a yip, you know? And <laughs> so, so then, and she said, well, she said my dog was about five pounds. So, yeah. you know, oh. but, but yeah, I, uh, you know, and I, I want to say her EMF meter kept going off while she was talking and everything. Yep. And, uh, hmm. almost as if the dog was right there jumping up on her and everything. And wow. Yeah, it was pretty, uh, pretty interesting. Yeah, and she was, she was brought to tears over this. You know, she was, you could hear it in her voice. She was about ready to start crying. Hmm. And you well, know, you never know what it's going to be. Yeah, true, true. and and the other thing is, let's say that it was something that's explainable that we just didn't happen to. Let's say that maybe I shifted and I didn't realize that it made that kind of sound on the recording device. Okay, no, you make a completely that, different type of sound when you shift. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's totally different. But let's say that that's what it was, and it made her feel better. All the better, you know. I'm I'm fine yeah. with that. I'm at, at ease with that. Cool. Yeah, in, in fact, so I mean, it was it just happened Friday night, so we haven't had a chance to to clip things, but we're gonna take some of those things and uh, put them in a presentation or, or some some format and get them to Shannon so she can release it on the Taft website or Facebook uh-huh. page so we can promote for next time. But uh, you know, once we do clip it, you know, everyone can decide for themselves, you know, what they think yeah. of it. Great. Yeah. Hopefully, too. You know, with that word of mouth or, and and people. Yeah. Sometimes people don't want to be the first ones in. And, True. Uh, you know, when, if if this was successful and you know there was actually some evidence and you get some good reviews from it, uh, maybe the next one will, will pick up a lot more steam. Well, that could be the these. Aside from the teenager that was there, um, no one else had ever been on a paranormal investigation. Now there were the, the two uh-huh. local people I mentioned had been mm-hmm. to multiple places. Um, I don't know that they're part of a team or that they had their own equipment yet or anything, but they had gone on a tour down at Ashmore Estates and, uh, and they were mm-hmm. talking about other places they wanted to go. So for them, they, they might have, you know, thoughts like that, like, oh, let's, let's wait and see how it plays out before we go to make sure it's actually haunted, whatever, whatever. But <laughs> everyone else was, it was like first time ghost hunting. And I think maybe even the teenager, it might've been her first ghost hunt, Yeah, but she's very much into it. And, uh, 
you know, the session we were in, she grabbed Greg's uh, dowsing rods that light up in the dark. And uh, uh-huh. she was like a pro with them. You know, she uh, she knew exactly what to do. And and it turns out she had actually brought her own pair as well. So that's why she gravitated towards oh. those. So, yeah, but yeah, she very much reminded us of Madison. Very Madison much. Smith, yeah. <laughs> and the glow-in-the-dark ones are so nice because when you're down in a, down in a basement where there's no incoming light and you're using yeah. regular dowsing rods, you pretty much have to take the person's word for what they're doing. Or, or turn on some light, exactly. which then kind of like, you know... And it breaks up the ambiance. Well, the ambiance and you're trying to record in maybe a full spectrum camera and now you've got a light on and everything interfering. But so I think those are well worth it if anybody's interested in buying them. Do you know, do they come from digital dowsing or where? No, they're I I don't know the exact company. I didn't have to ask Greg for the plug, but uh, I'm sure if you just did a search for them, they come up. But I know they're also not very cheap. Yeah. But. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I think they're like 200. Yeah. What? Oh, they're not glow in the dark. They're um, LED powered. Oh, yeah. oh, 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 okay. Yeah, because I've seen the glow in the dark ones. I'm like, come on, they're not that much. Well, okay, yeah. LED. All right. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so yeah, that, they actually look like mini lightsabers. To be honest with you, you know. Okay, I'm now <laughs> sold. <laughs> I definitely check into them. <coughs> but and that wasn't even the only things that happened. Um, I know that. Uh, so so these happened on like the first two sessions in the third session our our place was pretty quiet um i'm not sure how poly house did but again um greg and alan in the the main area they this time they they didn't even go downstairs they were investigating the upstairs and uh greg was watching looking into the kitchen and the kitchen was lit up by an exit light as well as uh the window in the door to the outside, there was a, uh, a like a street lamp outside, so it was pretty bright in the kitchen. Um, mm-hmm. So, anyways, but in the in the dining hall, then it was dark. But he was looking into the kitchen, and he saw a head peek out and look out of like the closet right next to the exit door. There, head came out and went right back in, and he wow. he jumped up and ran in that kitchen you know to look at it and see, see what was in there and stuff and you know unlike some people they might be like what's that in there i'm gonna i'm gonna stay right here you know no he ran in there he wanted to see what in the heck what in the heck had just looked out at him you know wow oh and and he was i mean when he told us about it i mean he had he had the goosebumps yeah. and he was all you know all fired up about it really excited but of course, you know, this was the second time this has happened to him after seeing something pretty profound. He did not have a camera on it at the time and everything. Of course. Right. But then after it happened, of course, we have three cameras trained on it now and, and everything. And, well, we're going to stay right here because we want to try and see this thing, too, you know. Oh, and that another thing that right before that happened, like by a few minutes, um, and actually that's might have been in the second session. Uh, Shannon stayed up there in, in that room by herself. Uh, as mm. as Greg and Alan took their group downstairs, well, Shannon said that uh, after everything settled down after about five minutes, she heard loud footsteps walk all the way across the dining hall. And the strange thing wow. is, uh, Greg and Alan said, well, we heard those footsteps above us, too. And she said, I sat in a chair for 40 minutes. I did not move mm. at all. So they both mm-hmm. heard the footsteps in both of the rooms simultaneously. And uh, wow, yeah. So, and and right after that, a bag that had been leaning up against the fireplace for hours at that point just decided it was going to up and tip over. You know, right next to her, about <laughs> about five feet away. 
So, oh, geez. So lots of activity ha- really happened that night. Um, and I, you haven't I, even reviewed. We haven't even reviewed everything you got yet. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, we we kept playing back some of the clips that we knew where they were, like the dog, and then Greg's yeah, Greg yeah. and Alan's EVP from the basement. Played those multiple times, but yeah, we're still gonna have to clip those and listen to the other, you know, or view the static cams and the uh, the voice recorders. Mm-hmm. So, wow, sounds like you had a pretty good time. Yeah, yes, sir. it was fun, and and ironically, we, we only the three buildings that we investigated make up. Of the probably 12 buildings that are there, 10 to 12 buildings, including dormitories and things. Um, Okay. So, yeah. So, if we do have a bigger event. Now, also, half of our team. uh, Wait, dormitory. So, people can stay over then, right? Well, (laughs) have like a week long. She mentioned that. She did. (laughs) So, so the the Taft Field Campus, a lot of, well, most of what they have during the week is youth, not youth groups, but groups of kids come out from like the inner cities and things like that. A lot of the mm-hmm. things they teach are old homesteading kind of stuff, like how to make candles and just different things. So inner city kids can get the skin uh, roadkill. <laughs> so, well, I mean, Oregon used to come and, and local places used to come, but now it's mostly uh, Chicagoland area. And uh, kids will come out and learn some things uh, about how they used to do things. So, yeah, so they have dormitories on site where the kids will stay all week. And uh, they have quite a few residences for the staff as well as dormitories and yeah, but Shannon mentioned, she said, maybe we combine dinner with the investigation with an overnight stay yeah. and then a breakfast in the morning and, you know, hmm. slap, slap a bigger price tag on, you know. <laughs> well, it'll be well worth it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That that food was phenomenal. I mean, yeah. we're talking like a fine dining restaurant. And I, I've eaten there before. For the Oregon Trail Days, they used to have a breakfast buffet and uh, the food never disappointed. It was always really good. Something we forgot to mention was the atmosphere of the night, remember? Oh, here, yeah. Here it is for those of you who are listening in Illinois, December. Oh, it's that normally, was that night. It was the night yeah. of the tornadoes and everything, yes. Yeah, oh. it's normally snow on the ground, freezing cold. And here and you, it is. You know, now, to, be, to be clear, to your northern Illinois. Yes. Yes. We're far and, away and from, far away what, from, yes, far away from the yeah. tornadoes and stuff. Yes, but yeah, but that was more southern Illinois. We yeah. were just ravaged by thunderstorms. There was rain for like the first two hours, like pretty heavy rain. And, yeah, there, there was a mm, purple lightning burst oh, at one point. Awesome. I thought that it was. Wow. I thought it was like the uh, full spectrum illuminator yeah. reflecting off the windows, and they're like, no, it flashed purple outside. You know. Yeah, we, we were lucky. That set the that set the tone for the whole evening. Right. Ooh, wow. I remember when I was at Ferrar last time, I did a, uh, a blindfolded session oh. in front of the camera, and it was the tail end of a, of a storm, and it was, it was like lightning and thundering while I was nice. sitting in this classroom by myself. And yeah, so it was awesome. a little bit unnerving. Wow. Little, but yeah, that's that, that, that. the storms. I mean, from one aspect, you're like, oh, wow, the contamination. Yeah. But the other side was like, you can just feel the charge. It feels so the, close, so the energy. It. Yes, absolutely. Yep. And I'm yeah, aside from powering up the ghosts like a like a cell, you know, I, I mean, hmm. yeah, just just having the lightning and thunder. Yeah. Yep. Wow. What a night. What a night. So, so just, just keep, uh, now that was, was, was that a wraps event? 
Yes, it was. Oh, it, it yeah, was. Okay. And and like I was starting to say, we, half of our team had prior engagements or other things that mm. that were going on. So there's only six of us. So that's why and that's why we were kind of thankful it was a smaller group because yeah, sm- smaller group sizes. Uh, so we did three locations with the six of us that were there. Um, if we were going to tackle a, a forty to fifty person event we would definitely need all hands on deck but we could easily find five locations to go to to take groups in and no shortage of places to investigate yeah it's it's really hard to uh manage a large group with a a small number of people to to manage them so um it's it's and if nobody's ever been to one of these things, or maybe you've only been to the big public events it's such a big difference when it's smaller and more controlled it's it's to me it's so much better yeah, it, it, yeah. it's i mean it, it, it's a different type of thing you should expect something else when you do walk into a, a, an event with 50 people it's not going to be like you see on tv uh it, it's a parade for the most yeah. part here yeah or a, 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 a side carnival sideshow type of thing a circus yes exactly yeah yeah and you know what that's kind of fun and i think some people might feel actually more comfortable walking into those because uh, you know we, we, you, you guys have seen plenty of people too that get afraid and leave in the middle of the things and um just can't handle whatever's going on and that's okay uh when you're when you're doing the the really small intense things but yeah for the bigger group stuff um yeah some people will really enjoy that better so uh it's, it's nice you had, nice you had a chance to get a little more in depth with with the number of people that were there though that's good yeah and and sometimes you know if if an investigation is quiet or not much is going on or we're running out of questions to ask or whatever you know it, it's also a good way to answer their questions that they have on their mind or you know or yeah. or help give them advice or just you know whatever you know it's a lot of our conversations you know we're 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 pretty pretty cool with with them and everything so again that's something that people don't have a chance to do when it's 50 people exactly exactly like a lot of one-on-one time and and stuff and and just just education and everything so um you said you might try this again like later next year yeah shannon approached me and said that she'd like to attempt it between uh september and october of course that's the prime time when you're when you're looking sure that to capture that spooky crowd that's not necessarily the devoted spooky crowd <laughs> right <laughs> and also uh, they brought up a great point um if we do end up doing it at that point in time of the year when we eat dinner you know you're going to have that beautiful view there's still going to be light out you know and you'll have that oh yeah because those of you who have never seen this you know the dining hall overlooks the rock river and there's just gorgeous views and that time of year you'll see all the different fall changing colors and <laughs> i think if we can land it that way it's just going to add even just that secondary element not only is it a cool haunted place but you've got this phenomenal view that you don't see every day oh it's it's pic- picture worthy for sure yeah cool nice yep well good I'm, I'm glad that was successful for you thank you yeah sounds like fun and then hopefully just more uh is going to come out of the out of out of the evidence when you or the after the evidence review rather when you get a chance to go through all that yep yeah that'd be great nice well great i'm I, 
thanks for sharing. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Yeah. <laughs> I <was> kind of <laughs> had to. Yeah, captive audience, you know. <laughs> Be rude for me to get up and walk away. <laughs> Especially if you tripped over your power cord and everything, you know. <laughs> hey, my... <laughs> Yesterday, I was doing some work on my computer, and all of a sudden, because I, I have my laptop that I work off of, and I have a second monitor plugged into it. And it's, it, 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 it's a laptop, but it hasn't moved in three years. It's <laughs> sure. been stationary. And uh, yesterday, I got a message popped up on the screen and said, hey, your uh, battery's running low. You might want to plug in if you want to keep working. I'm like, what? <laughs> it is plugged in so um i scrambled but it, it it shut itself down like a sleep put itself to sleep and uh i i had to put another uh cord to it and mm -hmm. I, fortunately i had a, a spare but yeah it, it just died on me so yeah that is sitting right next to me my old one funny you should say that my, my, my old dead computer cord. You should set up an e a uh, voice recorder to see if it talks to you at night, Mike, like the dead voice recorder from beyond. <laughs> the 18%. laptop cord. 18%. Yeah. <laughs> Plug me in, Mike. <clears throat> Strap that Velcro strap around me. <laughs> Call me dirty names. Oh, my God. Oh, my well, I, I wasn't sure what kind of time we might need tonight, but I I, I, I I sort of got this other thing in my head besides the normal thing I was going to do. And I, I just wanted to throw this out. Now that I've done it, I, I just want to sort of share this really quick. Uh, I'm sorry, quickly. But it seems like lately this year, I've been seeing like every other story on Facebook is about the Yule Cat or the, uh, let me try to say it here, Yolika Turnin. Hmm. Hmm. From Iceland. Have you guys been seeing this? No, sir. No. Okay. I'm the only one that gets these. Um, it's, 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 I've been hearing about it so much. It's this giant cat that lives in Iceland. And if you don't wear the new clothes you got for Christmas, it eats you. Huh. Wow. Yeah. Um, it's, it was really interesting and kind of fun. I started like getting into this YouTube hole of watching all these videos about it. And, uh, it, it, supposedly is the cat of these guys uh they are called the yule lads they're sort of like an icelandic version of santa claus and uh they they, they went from like um giving children gifts to taking away misbehaving and crying children which is like i'm on board there sounds like um, sounds like krampus you know? a little bit well th th these these guys became such a part of folklore and like people kids were getting so scared and freaked out that in 1746 the Iceland the Icelandic government told people to stop talking about these yule lads saying uh yuletide lads or ghosts shall be abolished <laughs> so um they, they wouldn't let them do that and, and the lad's mother is this uh woman named Gryla who has according to some reports 300 heads Jeez. 15 15 tails uh, goat's horns and a beard. And I think I think uh, I've seen her scary. at Walmart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think so um, too. Yeah, yeah. But uh but, but one of the influences for this uh legend might have been something called the ghoul cat. They would bury themselves in cemeteries until they grew as big as a dog and then come out and eat people and animals. Um 
which I, I'm, I'm just like, okay, goal, you had me a goal cat. I mean, I, I don't, right. that's, my mind is just running away now. And I love the idea of this goal cat. Um, but, but in, in, in practical reasons though, they probably, somebody made this legend up to make sure that, uh, people remain focused on, you know, harvesting wool and throwing it into yarn and making clothes to get them through the Christmas or the, the, the cold winters. So there, there was sort of a practical reason behind it, if, if that's it. But I just love the, the idea of this giant cat leaping around in Iceland eating people because they didn't wear their new clothes. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. I was going to say, did, did like a bunch of ants get together and say, you know what? I see my nieces and nephews aren't wearing the clothes I got them. <laughs> right. You know, because there were actually some talk about because, you know, when it would get cold, uh, there was a really high literacy rate. Uh, for for like the whole country, even in like the 17, 1800s, because they people would sit around in like homes or barns or shops and do their knitting, and kids would read, huh. and they would hmm. share these stories and stuff like that. So and they were encouraging kids to read and and you know learn the alphabet and things like that. Yeah. And so because of this social aspect in this community, uh, it it actually paid off in the education of everybody there. So. Uh, that was that was a nice little side effect too. And Mike, how do you you say Yule cat? But you said something else also. What was it again? Oh, uh, the the Icelandic word, and I wrote it out phonetically. I start does start with like a J, but it's Yola Yola Okay. Or Yola It's it's a combination of the word for Yule in Icelandic and cat. Cool. Okay. So you'll cat, um, but yeah, it's, it's if you do like a you you you'll cat search on YouTube. There's some pretty cool videos about it. Cool, we'll be doing that. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was kind of cool. I, I, I I'm like I gotta li- read a little bit more about this thing, and uh, then I got lazy and watched videos. But they were... <laughs> so so you found it on YouTube. You said I, I was getting some Facebook. Uh, it was showing my, my Facebook news feed okay. from a couple of different places that, that I, you know, pages I follow. And uh, after like, yeah, you know, I'm like, like three times in an hour, I'm passing this thing up. So I'm like, okay. Wow. I mean, not that I'm on for an hour, but, you know, right. up. <laughs> getting cross-eyed. But yeah, so this, this, was, this was interesting. I mean, you know, like cats, like creepy Christmas stuff, it sort of, it sort of worked. So now, is this something that I was just told as a little kid and I just believed it because I was gullible? Or do you guys know? I've been told that Iceland is pretty green and then Greenland is pretty cold. Is that true? Do you guys know? Yes, that's exactly right. Now, is that seasonal? Is it seasonal, though, or is it like the whole entire time? Well, there are some pretty harsh areas in Iceland. Okay. And and a lot of volcanoes. And I mean, it's it's. It's no Wisconsin, okay. You know, <laughs> it's, it's 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 not you know the North Atlantic's dairy land, but um, yeah, I, I I had heard that that they said to try to keep people away from Greenland and yes, yes, or okay. get them to no. Greenland and stay away from Iceland. Huh. Yeah, yeah, I, Iceland, yeah, because it's it's a lot more temperate there, a lot, a lot nicer, but yes, I I've heard both of those. I I've heard yeah. that they're the opposite of their names, but I have also heard that they called it Iceland just to deter people from coming there. Was that okay. Viking related or something like that? Or I would uh, guess, but I, I, I would imagine though it's pro- there's, there's probably something else behind the names other than 
true. What we are, you know, not, not everything thing was named by the English in the world. You know, like how names evolve. Like right. Illinois, that's that's an English word, right? No, I, I just something <laughs> like like forty or forty two states in the U.S. are named after some type of a, a in like a Native American group or person. Wow. That sounds about right. Yeah, and if you think about the names, of course they're recognizable to us, but actually thinking about the way they're pronounced and stuff, they are. It does make yeah. a lot of sense. I'd like to know which ones aren't actually, like uh, New Jersey. Yeah, there you go. New York, York. Yeah. Pennsylvania. <laughs> yep, that makes sense. Um, like, yeah, like the ones that are named, the out. ones that are named after people, like Louisiana and things like that. I would imagine Georgia. Yeah. yeah. Huh. But it, no, okay. now, did you say states or just names of locations states. in general? Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it was like an overwhelming amount of the states. I forget the exact number, but it, it's a lot. Right. It's a lot. So, so uh, there you nice. go, G.I. Joe, the more you know. <laughs> Very cool. And he's half the battle. I'm, That's it. I'm going to have to. So, did you see, well, so you were watching YouTube on this and going down the rabbit hole on YouTube, but um, <laughs> did any good pictures of, a, like, artists, you know, concept? Oh, yeah, there's a crap ton. Okay. Oh, yeah. Nice, nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's some great pictures out there. Nice. Uh-huh. Like these big menacing cats <laughs> lurking over a log looking at somebody. Yeah, it's... Or just like pouncing on them in the middle of a field. It's very cool. <laughs> Yule Cat Iceland. Let's see what comes up. Yeah, I, I guess. Would this thing be considered a cryptid technically then? You know, I mean, it's a legendary uh, animal. I mean, it, I, I guess if you had to pick a, a, a category, I'd say folklore. Yeah. But... Yeah. Um, it could it could fit into cryptid, I suppose. Uh, they said there were no accounts, no written accounts of this before the 1800s. But the the Yule lads, they go way back. Gotcha, way back. You know, it's funny the all, all the pictures. You know, it it's some of them look more sinister than others, but they're all just cats, gr- <laughs> grumpy looking giant massive cats. You know. <laughs> Well, what do you want? I mean, yeah, I know. Well, they said, they said it's weird because there are no large cats, you know, like like tigers or lions, or, or, or mountain lions or anything like that in uh, in Iceland. But they they are familiar with like the the wild cats. There's a lot of wild cats, like the Norwegian, uh, what are they called? Norwegian forest cats or something like that. Those huge suckers. Um, that they'd be they would have been familiar with those, and. Um, it, 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 there are a lot of domesticated cats in Iceland, but to own a dog, you have to have a special permit. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Weird. yeah. That is interesting. Yeah. So was, I, I don't know if that's going to import. Yeah, thing I saw or that what, one. But... Yeah. Yep. Nice. Very so, cool. yeah, there's our Yule cat. I figured since I looked it up, I wanted to at least throw it out there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that, that could have probably been what I was, I was thought. Well, I'm just going to hold back on this, but I'm like, hmm. By the time we release another episode, we might be past Christmas. So I didn't want to <laughs> didn't want to lose the mood for the season. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. That was very cool. Well, Josiah, since 
you, you you've had like a couple weeks now to mull over <laughs> <laughs> your, your your atrocious behavior. Um, are are you ready to to go? Yeah. In my big fear, like I was telling Steve earlier, my fear oh, is that yeah. we, we may have covered this in the past, but I don't think we have. We may have just brushed on it a little bit. If if we did, Steve and I won't say a word until you bring it. And we're like, no, wait a minute. We'll we'll start questioning you afterwards. <laughs> Wait a minute, dummy! Turning stuff back at you. You know what? It, it, yeah. It's it's all right. All all ten of our listeners, you know, will, yeah. they will probably say, "Oh, we already covered this." I'm going to go listen to a different podcast. Yeah. This, this, this would be like another one of those recap shows. <laughs> yeah, we're uh, yeah Ghost Adventures, where it's. You know, hey, let's package two episodes into one episode and yeah. it'll pop up as a new new episode, or, you know, or top 10 things voted by the by the viewers. No, because no, your number one sucks. <laughs> I don't know why anybody would have picked that over number three because three was so much better. Right. OK, um, so go ahead, just I will mock you later. OK, perfect. Mock me now. Okay. I'd, I'd, just, I'd rather just take it right now. <laughs> Um, we'll finish your sentences for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my topic this week is about black-eyed kids or black-eyed children. Ah. Oop, I can't see. <laughs> I'm not sure what that is I'm looking at, but it looks really spooky. It, it's a little pin of a ghost that says, see you in hell. Oh, cool. He's, he's flipping you off. Oh, I like it? Yeah, yeah, and he's flipping you off. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah. That is awesome. I yeah. think I may have to okay. acquire one of those. It was just sitting here in front of me. I'm like, okay. But, um, that was, yeah, okay. so, no, it's just, just to throw you off for a second. No, I love black eyed kids. I love this. Yeah. And I, I don't know that we have really discussed this in detail. Um, I don't know so that we have to me. This is one of the most terrifying ones, um, because, you know, you, you think of children and immediately you think of innocence. And of course, there's a lot that goes along with that. You know, if you're a parent, you probably think of children, you think of like pulling your hair out, but overall, you know, you think of innocence and, you know, just kind of living the living the life of a kid and all that but so black-eyed children um what they, they believe it was probably started around 1996 um that's when they think that it really started gaining popularity it was this uh journalist and i think his name was brian something and uh brian had stopped at a movie theater he was writing some checks out and uh he stopped at a movie theater late one night because there was some some lamps outside and i guess he just wanted a safe place to stop write his checks and then go mail them and uh he it was it was getting pretty late in the evening he was writing his checks and all of a sudden he heard some thump thump thumps on his window and he looks up and there's these two children standing there and he rolls down his window like what do you guys want and they say in kind of like a robotic almost rehearsed type voice they say can you take us back to our parents house uh we forgot our money and we want to watch the i think the movie was spider-man or something like that and he he looks down at the clock and he's like i know the theater doesn't stay open this late and if they do the movies are ending right now so he you know politely declined told the kids no i can't take you and i guess as soon as he looked up at the kids and looked him in the eyes this crazy fear just set in of like something seems predatory something seems not right and the kids eyes appear to be completely jet black and not only like the iris um it's also the white part of the eye uh just completely black and at this point in time he's just he, he's got the feeling like holy shit i've got to get out of here this is 
terrifying and tells the kids, no, I can't take you home. No, I can't lend you some money. And they keep on repeating between the two of them. One, one's like a 16 year old. The other's like a 12 year old, um, 16 year olds, like olive colored skin, dark hair, of course, black eyes. The other one's like a, uh, the 12 year olds, like a white, uh, white, kid with freckles and red hair and they keep on going back and forth between each other saying it's okay we don't have a gun we're not gonna kill you you need to let us in and they keep on asking, which is exactly what somebody who had a gun would say exactly right. or, or somebody who yeah. has a bad motive would say um <laughs> keeps on asking this guy please let us in and he realizes that he's almost got the power because almost like a vampire, they have to be let in. And he kind of realizes this. So he rolls up his window and takes off. And as he takes off, he looks in the rearview mirror and they're completely gone. Um, so it, this happens in 1996, back when the Internet is still kind of I don't I don't want to say in its infancy because you know the Internet's quite a bit older than what any of us realize. But anyway, he posts it to a message board um between some friends and i guess it's like an email message board so it's fairly private and then it got leaked out onto the internet later on and then it sort of got a little bit bigger but this is the initial story that that was documented about black-eyed children some people say that there were some reports of them in the 80s um but you know everybody kind of points to this as the very first type of uh type of real story about them and then you know, it starts to come out that there's people all over across different states that are experiencing this. Um, some of the commonalities between the stories are that the children always need to be let in. They can't just like breach a doorway or like breach a car door by themselves. Um, they're generally in pairs. And uh, there, there's usually an older one and then a younger one. And sometimes the age range is greater. Like like one, one story, I'm, I'm going to actually read a story off of a website. There's one where the girl is, like the older girl is like 16 or 17, and the younger one is like toddler age. Um, hmm. But they all kind of share this this rehearsed robotic type of voice, um, very insistent, and then... Apparently what happens is once you start, you know, saying, no, I don't, I'm not going to let you in or, you know, you start kind of closing the door on them. That's when they become really persistent. They start getting, they start to pressure you more. And, um, amongst all these different stories and these people, they, they claim that there's just this huge fear, like, like something is drastically wrong. It's not like, uh, not like, eh, I'm not sure about this type thing. It's like, oh, my God, there's a predator right in front of me type of thing. And, <laughs> you know, there's different theories. Some people think that they might be ghosts. Um, some people think that they could be aliens or kind of vampiric in nature. Although um, there really aren't any descriptors as far as like any physical differentiators uh, between us and a right, you know, between a black eyed kid and a regular kid other than the black eyes in rare circumstances. Um, some of the children have been noted to have talons like uh, talon like feet, but their hands are normal. Never heard um, that one. Yeah. Yeah. That that I stumbled upon. Um, I hadn't heard of that either, you know, beside tonight. Uh, so that that's kind of one of the other things that people claim that they've seen along with these kids. But uh, if you guys don't mind, I'm going to read a. Now, is that something that upon first seeing them, they notice the talons or, you know, or, or 
good after question. inviting them in or just whatever, whatever. Or- That's a good question, Steve. They didn't really talk about it. A lot of these people, they don't even get to the point of letting them in because sure. as soon as they engage with them with the door still closed, they they recognize like, holy shit, like something's yeah. way off. Yep. So I don't know that I've heard of a story where they do get let in, but that's a great question. Um, so there, there's all kinds of websites that have like, that have stories of people, you know, firsthand accounts and things like this. But, um, one that I really thought was interesting is on a website called thought, uh, thoughtcatalog.com and it's called the midnight caller. And if you guys don't mind, I'm just going to go ahead and read it verbatim. Um, let you guys hear it kind of how sure. it was written. So awesome. Um, so the midnight caller, it almost felt like a dream. I woke up to my dog, Lucy barking. She was upright on the bed where my husband and I were sleeping with our 22 year, 22 month old daughter staring at the door. Like an unknown stranger was out rummaging around. I thought she was just freaking out over a house noise. We'd only had Lucy for about three months and she was still a puppy. It could have been anything, our roommate, a creak from the house settling, the awnings moving in the breeze, so I wasn't initially too concerned. I decided the best bet would be to open the door and show her nothing was there. It sounds a bit silly, but it's what we do with our daughter when she gets scared, and I figured it would work with a puppy, too. <laughs> I opened the door, and she faced, or she raced to the front door, stood there, snarling at the door. It was angry, violent growl. Um, one that I had never heard her make before. I looked groggily over at her and opened the baby gate, blocking the doorway, planning to open the door and show her that everything was okay. The second I reached my hand for the deadbolt, Lucy went wild. She started barking and jumping toward me, and when I touched the metal, she suddenly changed her temper. She whimpered, almost like she was afraid and backing down. As her mannerisms changed, so did mine. I was not calm anymore, my heart was racing and sinking at the same time, and I had been flooded with a mixture of fear and dread. I looked through the peephole, I can't explain why I looked, but I did, and outside stood two children. One was a smidgen shorter than me, and she didn't look much younger. I'm 21, and she looked to be about 16 or 17. She was slender and pale, her hair was a light shade of honey blonde, and she wore it long, about mid-back, with long, thin, blunt bangs in the front that covered most of her eyes. She wore jeans, a light wash that was pretty popular at the time, and uh, had thin-looking olive-colored pullover-style hoodie, and uh, she had the hand of a small girl who looked to be around three or four in the same style jeans, a button-down ivory cardigan, and the smaller one looked at the floor shyly, but had the same shade of hair tied back in a ponytail. She had a stuffed toy under her free arm, and it was identical to one that my daughter has. So was the style of her dress. Uh, Had it not been for the feeling of overwhelming dread and fear, I probably would have asked these children to come in and given them some hot tea or chocolate to get them out of the bitter cold. Something about them seemed completely off. At this point, I hadn't made any noise. I hadn't shushed the dog or grumbled. Nothing. I hadn't turned on any lights, so these children had no indicators that I was on the other side of the door. But they spoke. The girl that (laughs) spoke had a voice that was mature, confident, strong, and accentless. She had her head tilted downward, and I couldn't see her eyes. She said, We have to use your phone. I stood frozen in fear. How did she know I was even there? She raised her head to face me directly, and that's when I saw her eyes. 
There was a reason I couldn't see them through the bangs before, because they were pitch black, almost a midnight blue or a very dark purple. They were otherworldly, and the girl looked through the peephole and said, Our mother is worried. As someone who has always been interested in creepy stories, I knew that at the very second she looked through the door, I had never believed anything like this had existed. I was a staunch atheist and skeptic uh, when it comes to the paranormal, and I had written off many ghost stories from friends and family members eager to tell their tale. I still didn't believe it. I couldn't rationalize my way out of this one. I was standing with nothing but a thin wooden door between me and black-eyed children. There was no questioning what was right in front of me. I did not answer her. Slowly and silently, I backed away from the door. Lucy, our dog, still cowering at my ankles. The girl kept talking. Just let us in to use your phone. I took another step back, and with that, the tone changed. At first, she seemed polite, but when I took the second step back, she became commanding, almost hostile. We're not going to hurt you. If we wanted to do that, we would have just broken in. I'll ask again. Can I come in and use your phone? <laughs> Lucy, the dog, snarled at the door, and I inched backward, uh, though something inside me seemed to be slowly pulling me back toward the door. It wasn't a physical pulling so much as a subconscious need to go back and let them in. I got to my room, covered up the windows, locked the door, and sat there in the dim light of the nightlight, and I heard her call back to the door once again, and then quiet. I didn't go back to sleep that night, and I haven't slept right ever since. I know from reading about the BEKs, or black-eyed kids, can't just come in on their own without permission. I know they haven't hurt anybody, but I still fear that I'll be the exception. When I told my husband, he said that it was just a dream, and he keeps telling me to forget it. But this lingering feeling of sadness and dread when the house is silent at night, this fear keeps all of our doors locked. So to me, like that story is incredibly creepy because she's by herself and, you know, she's between, like she said, there's a thin wooden door between her and whatever the hell is out there. And yeah. the creepiest aspect is that there was something that was drawing her toward the door. Like yes. she, she knew yeah. her body was telling her, get the fuck out of here. But something was like making her inch toward the door. Like, like they were getting into her, you like know? almost like putting her under a spell of some exactly. kind. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Oh, so that yeah, one it's was funny because I mean, almost almost all the stories that I've heard, let's say eighty percent of them follow almost that exact pattern. So where, where they, you know, yeah, there's kind of like the trance, and then something like usually seeing the eyes breaks it, and they're like, oh hell no, yeah, <laughs> and when, and then the kids start escalating when they see you backing off. Uh, yeah, it's it's. I mean, so many of them contain those same elements. It's it's crazy. Yeah, and it makes you wonder. Like, have there? I don't know that I've ever come across one where they do get in, and if maybe no. And and I was going to ask about that too. Yeah, they mentioned in the article they said even though they knew that the kids had you know the kids that are let in have never hurt anyone. Yeah. It, what is the end result of exactly. letting them in? You know, you would think that yeah. means you're going to die or you're going to well, disappear. I've, I've you heard know? I've heard two stories. Uh, one was about someone who did let them in. And then, oh, actually, no, no, three. One where a, a little kid, but mom ran into the store to get something, like a 7-Eleven type thing, comes out. There's a kid sitting in the back seat of the car with her son. Oh. And the son's like, oh, I told him he could come with us. She's like, nah, get out. 
And then they started to get sick. Like things went bad. And then there was another one where um, somebody let wait, them wait, into wait, the wait. house. Who, who started to get wait. sick? But like the, the, no, the, the mom, mom and the, the, the mom and the kid. Be- uh, yeah. Because they didn't let the kid in? Because they oh. did let him in. Or I, I mean, the, the, the little boy yes, let the kid yes. in. Yeah, sorry. I was okay. sort of all over the place with that. But there was another one where somebody said they did let them in and um, they started getting sick. And I don't know how long they were in. I forget the, the details of it. But basically what they started experiencing was stuff like radiation sickness, Holy cow. Uh, nausea, skin lesions, loss of hair. Uh, it, it was not good. And um, I, I again, I forget where this where that story went. But there was another one where a guy was in prison. And he was talking to his, I think, uncle who was they were on the phone and the phone call kept getting interrupted, interrupted. And the uncle's like, oh, there's these kids. And, you know, or at first he goes, there's somebody at the door. Oh, just a couple of kids wanted to come in and use the phone. I told him to get lost. So they're talking a little bit more. And, oh, yeah, hold on. Let me see. And comes back. Oh, those kids again. They still want to come in and use the phone. And so like the third time, finally, the guy is like, OK, you know what? I'm, I'll, I'll talk to you later. I'm going to see what these kids want and hung up S- within like, I don't know, very soon after that, the guy in jail hears that his uncle died. Oh, wow. Wow. So, um, yeah, it's if he did let those kids in to hear him out or let him use the phone just so they quit knocking. It didn't turn out well for him. But it sounds like the theme is then that, like, if you let the kids in, the kids aren't going to, like, stab you or kill you yeah. or, or whatever, but they can give you something or, or Bad make, you stuff. S- make you sick yeah. to where you may lose your life from the sickness and everything. Yeah. Like they're like or a I, soul or, reaper. Right, right. Yeah. Or I like think it was like bad. Type the, thing, yeah. That one where the kid got in the car, there was something. I think maybe it was like they had bad luck, like things were happening, like car accidents yeah. and then something with the house. Like those types of things were happening with them. But yeah, it sounds like bad stuff happens. But the thing is, if you will die when they come in, who knows exactly how you many just, people have yep. let them in? You right. just read my mind, like how many of these unknown deaths could have been because they did let him in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like these, these wow. like, why, did, why did this person die? They were perfectly healthy. You know, they rule it as a heart attack, but what could have caused that, you know? Or who thinks, oh yeah, well, there was that one day I let a couple kids in to use the phone. Maybe yeah. that's why I'm getting really sick all of a sudden. Yeah. But, but, but although that, that sense of fear and dread that comes over most people, I, I think that's you know something in you in your 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 human instincts yes like we talked about that that uncanny valley at one time when watching polar express when you're just like this doesn't look right um or 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 what was it rogue one with tarkin it's like "Eh, almost there almost but not quite and these kids are almost there except for oops the black eyes yeah and that sets your brain into panic mode and you're like nah nah, you, you you just i'll hand you the phone outside you can just call from here my sister uh, had told me about a study where there was these regular people that were introduced to people who had murdered or, you know, that were psychopathic or mm. something to that nature. But it was so set up so, in such a way that the person who was like the psychopath or that was the killer or something, the the person that was uh, the study was being done on, they were never informed or they, they didn't realize like the person wasn't going mental or trying to attack them. But just being in their presence, uh, the study showed that a lot of the people without even knowing any of the background or without yeah. seeing any erratic behavior, they immediately sensed predatory, you know, that there was a there was a predator nearby. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I, 
I had the hippie teacher in high school. He was really cool. Everybody loved having this guy. He wasn't like really hippie, but he was when he was in college. He was actually at Kent State when the shooting happened. There. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So he was like in the midst of the the, the culture thing. Sure. So um, he was telling us stories about this and that. And one day he was talking about when uh, this one summer he and some friends went out to California. And they were, you know, just hitchhiking and having a good time and hanging out and just getting by, doing whatever, blah, blah, blah. And one day they're walking along and this van pulls up. And there's maybe half a dozen people in there like, hey, man, you want to ride? Come on with us. We'll hang out. And something just didn't seem right. It didn't click. Didn't didn't set right with them. They're like, no, no, we're, we're good. We're going to keep walking. We're, we're, we're OK. Thanks. You, you guys go ahead. A couple of days later, they look on they see on the news. It, it, it was the Manson family. Holy oh, shit. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> something didn't look right. It, sure. did, it didn't feel right. It was just something didn't stand out and, and i just pulled up i i typed in a mass murder mugshot these guys are all related i mean there's a look here in their eyes yeah um well it, it, not all of them but enough of them it, there's something that doesn't look right here with these guys it, it's like the same thing with all the like school shooters and the the movie theater shooters and whatever they all have that same like dead eye yeah. wide-eyed look why not yeah yeah that's that yep <laughs> you know, yes that's oh. funny guys i'm gonna have to send you this pbs it was like this pbs special about black-eyed kids that i watched nice. and it was done by a doctor she's she's like a doctor of not a medical doctor but a doctor of xyz whatever it may be and she goes into some deeper theories about some of this and talks about that there was a book written and it seemed to me it was called like phyllis Something with a P, but it was basically written saying that people that had certain physical attributes would be a criminal or they would be untrustworthy. And a Phrenolo lot of them, phrenology. What was it? Phrenology. Okay. And then they yeah. and then outlawing it because of course the all the implications of it. But it talked about oh, they, like, they'd like touch your head. Like, oh, you got a bump on this part of your head. That means that you're going to be good with music. And oh, over here, that means you'll be a mass murderer. Sure. And, oh, this one means that you're very good at logic problems. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And some of them like some of them were talking. And I'm I, I have to assume what race they were talking about. I'm not going to come right out and say it. But they were saying the ones that the the whites of their eyes were harder to see because they're squinty that it was always thought that they were untrustworthy so it kind of this lady was getting at the fact that maybe the reason that we see these black-eyed kids is so frightening and so terrifying is because we can't see their eyes which to us is some sort of a social marker like we we subconsciously watch people's eyes so if you can't see anything other than blackness of course that's scary to begin with but there might be other like responses going on inside of our heads telling us like that's that's not a good person because we can't see the way their eyes are tracking i, I actually in in my in the store one day there were two people in there having an argument these are two people related to the building okay. one was one called the other one something like with your something something eyes and it's like what like some kind of medical expression it was probably a phrenology thing okay. He's like, people with your types of eyes are always insane or something like that. it was like a bug-eyed kind of thing Huh. Um, and, uh, <laughs> I'm like, dude, this is, you're, 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 first of all, you're stepping over a line here when you're saying this, but it's like, well, you're, it's just idiocy. Yeah. I mean, he, he wasn't wrong, but, um, yeah, it just wasn't the right thing to say to a person that, that sells 
meat products you know yeah. you, you want to kind of <laughs> watch your step around that person <laughs> <laughs> but uh that's a story for another time but yeah I, well and, and a lot of that too that that the, the, the kind of a pseudoscience which a lot of people say ghost investigation is parapsychology is um but but a lot of that too like kind of how you're saying it, it, it a lot of it's based on on racism yeah uh is a, a way of saying oh well anybody that has this bump's insane and oh wow look everybody who's this race has that bump on their head what do you know yeah sure yeah yep they, they say that some people that had their eyes too close together were going to be more apt to living a criminally involved life you know that was just oh, no, that, no, the... no that one's true that one's true <laughs> <laughs> yeah that one is that's but funny. all the other ones are crazy yeah yeah black eyed kids i i'm surprised we hadn't done that yet yeah me too yeah i, I definitely don't we've never covered that cool so. makes me feel a lot better yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm telling you what, looking through these mug i gotta quit scrolling through these mug shots because i will have nightmares tonight <laughs> that that is really really crazy well thanks joe Hold on, Jesus! Well, I'm looking that? up this. I'm looking up this. Uh, this link I'm going to send to you guys. <laughs> Scared the hell out of me. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know if you guys would hear that or not. Oh wow! I don't know if it comes through the recording. If it doesn't come through the recording, just I just played something that <laughs> blasted through the headphones. Sorry, guys. Wow. No, was it that PBS thing? Yeah, I was getting ready to try I, to I send it. I actually saw. To you. Yeah, I saw a link to that, and I and I clicked on it, and then it'll start to load the video up. I'm like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> so, yeah, that'll be nice. Thank you. Yep, you're welcome. Well, Steve, how are we looking for time here? Um, yeah, no, we're looking looking good. Are you sure? Yeah, I. Uh, and, okay. and again, I have to apologize for not having a a topic this week. I uh, have had had kind of quite a few you know stuff going on in the last few weeks and everything yes you have yes yes i i caught covid right around thanksgiving time <clears throat> and uh yeah we're still kind of feeling the effects not necessarily health wise but just you know disruptive and everything but mm -hmm. yep but uh so so yeah and and i did do a little bit of research and i i, I figured you know christmas winter themed and everything I, I thought abominable snowman you know that, that'd be cool like a cryptid cover <laughs> and then i started reading you know and everything Mumbles like, well, bounce. The, the, the yeti you know and the footprints and the himalayas and everything and i'm like you know what I'm, I'm pretty sure we've covered that topic already as well you know have we i thought we've at least talked about it in passing i think yeah, i think, I think that's have. your covid fog that's <laughs> <laughs> making that happen you well I remember may, that. maybe it was just i don't know maybe it was just discussions outside of the podcast that we've had or something but oh, just just i remember the, the famous footprint that they that they ended up debunking and saying well it's these uh what the bears uh you know the <laughs> some specific type of bear that has like what looks like a thumb type thing and and as it melts it looks bigger <laughs> the, the but, but yeah so, so so i thought we had already covered it i guess i i i could have maybe still run with that one but maybe if we have a christmas episode i'll do it on the yeti sometimes i think it's cool that we two of us come up with topics because then it's like we have more room to discuss versus you know trying to move along to three so i don't think i don't True. think it's a bad thing at all okay yeah no yeah yeah well i i, I kind of did the yule cat earlier but um oh. it, you in the past you mean 
Or? No, no, no. I meant like earlier today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You no. really are out of it, aren't you, Steve? No, you okay. but, but you, you, said you, you, drive you said you did it earlier. I, I, what, <laughs> okay. I guess I yeah, I just meant sure today either. here. No, yeah, I'm with yeah. Steve on that one. I thought the same thing. I'm like, did we carry this in prior <laughs> Right, right, exactly. <laughs> hey, if I'm any fog, it was from that last episode because I don't remember ever talking about it. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, I tell you what, I'm going to, I'll, I, I had kind of a longer one, but, um, it wasn't really that long, but I, I guess I can really condense it down uh, for what I was looking at. Because last year I talked about how we always like to uh, watch all these different versions of A Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I was don't know what I was doing, but I ran across this thing about uh, ghost stories at Christmas time. And that's, you know, that, that story, the most wonderful time of the year, it says there will be scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmases long, long ago. And it's like, really? When did they tell ghost stories at Christmas time, except for A Christmas Carol. Well, it turns out that um, in England, it was a pretty well-established tradition. Now, um, in 1843, when A Christmas Carol came out, which was actually A Christmas Carol in prose, being a ghost story of Christmas, so you can win a bet with that one, it, it, it sort of brought together some of these these, these traditions here. Um, let's see. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm skipping a little bit here for because um, as I'm looking at it, it's like, like, OK, there was a lot of stuff I didn't need to read. I, I got some of the this information from CrimeReads.com as well as The Guardian. Um, but uh, oh, Steve, were you going to that Guardian? uh uh, article was it written by a guy who's like a playwright and uh, actor at, or, or British like producer or something like that? It, it, it was a lady. Okay, then it's a different. But it probably wasn't different. Yeah, there were a ton of links in there. Um, here we go. Yeah, in 1843, Dickens had been inspired to write a Christmas Carol after reading an account published that same year detailing the conditions of child labor in Britain. Dickens, a formal ch- former child laborer himself, was a passionate defender of children's right right to be children. Incensed, he penned a story about a greedy cheapskate who, spoiler alert, is transformed into a philanthropist, inspired and honored to donate his money and resources to those in worse conditions, especially children in need. Um, so hopefully I'm not ruining the story for anybody. Uh, he was hoping that it would, it would have a positive social effect. And he wrote in the preface, I have endeavored in this ghostly little book to raise the ghost of an idea, which shall not be put, which shall not put my readers out of humor with themselves, with each other, with the season or with me. May it haunt their houses pleasantly and no one wish to lay it. Um, now, apparently, he really needed this to be a success because he was way in debt with his publisher. Uh, but it, it was a really elaborate version that was put out. The first the first edition uh, was with lavish colored illustrations. Um, it sold out its 6,000 print run in a few days. Wow. wow. But it was so uh, expensive to produce that he hardly made any money out of it. <laughs> uh, now, it says that there was a pirated version the following year, which pirating to me is like, you steal something from somebody and they don't have it anymore. But apparently, you know, obviously pirating has taken a different, I think bootleg would be 
a different thing, but even that's kind of a different term. But yeah, pirated they, is what they call it. Uh, but but yeah, somebody pirated it, and of course he didn't make any money out of that, but had to go to court over it still. Um, now he did write some more Christmas. I'm sorry, yeah, Christmas horror stories or ghost stories um, until about let's see here, 1868. So 20 years he was writing wow. the stories. Now, Steve, did you mention uh, an M.R. James story earlier? Oh, that was a Lovecraft. Oh, H.P. Lovecraft. A Lovecraft story he wrote. Yeah. Uh, M.R. James. And I believe he's the one that wrote that was a turn of the screw that, that they made into the haunting of Bly Manor or whatever oh. it was. Okay. Turning of the screw. Um, he used to, it says he'd, he'd write a tale for Christmas, invite some of his fellow Eton Dons at, from Eton College, Eton Dons and favored students into his room and read it over candlelight after everyone had been plied with eggnog. <laughs> readings for the season but not really of the season um so it, it goes on a bit more about um the the puritanical uh, uh history of the united states and those ideas around christmas kind of pushed the ghost storytelling out of the, the traditions in uh in america and uh, sort of shoved that back then into halloween as I think we've talked about before, it didn't really start about being all spooky, but Christmas kind of got shoved into that to bring the spooks into into Halloween. Um, let's see here. Yeah, and apparently there there Christmas time ghost stories, uh, Dickens aside, were really common. There was a story um, in 1887 uh, called the, the Story of the Rippling Train, where the writer had a character complain upon learning of the presence of a ghost. One hears nothing else nowadays. So it sort of seems that was a big thing. But so why was this happening? Well, one of the reasons, and this is where The Guardian comes in, um, was that partly it was becoming popular with uh, you know seances and, as is photography and uh, movies and that increased and you were able to bring ghosts into the, the mainstream in, in different ways. Um, well, the publishers needed something to print and quick little ghost stories that could be chopped up. It could be bought cheaply and chopped up without too much, too many complaints, made for good reading and uh, nice little books. Um, let's see. Now, one of the, the comments about the Christmas Carol, uh, this is Dr. Andrew Smith, who, who wrote uh, from Mary. Author of the ghost story, 1840 to 1920, says people like Dickens wanted to revive some notion of community invested within that idea of Christmas. What's interesting about this version of Christmas or his version of Christmas is that it's not particularly Christian. It's about family, helping the poor, um, a moment where you might pause and reflect on your life. Now, just as an aside, when you talk about Christian values, yeah, family, helping the poor, um, You'd kind of think those would be Christian values, but his words, not mine. Um, but yeah, it's it's about Ebenezer Scrooge, Scrooge realizing through the Council of Ghosts that he must embrace his family, look after his good-natured clerk, and become the embodiment of generosity. Now, they go through at this time where the people were making a change. The middle class was becoming a thing, and people weren't living in shacks anymore and, and, and common homes. They were buying their own big homes and they weren't filled with people anymore. There was a lot of emptiness. And so you hear these creaks and sounds and you're like, oh my gosh, are those ghosts? Um, also, these some of these larger houses with servants, 
they would like come and go through special servant doors that look like just walls, like a hole in the wall almost, mm-hmm. like a part of the wall would open up. So literally people would appear in a room out of nowhere. And uh, it was kind of feeding into this thought of, oh, ghosts, ha ha ha, isn't that funny? But they said also uh, the use of gas lights produced a lot of carbon monoxide and mm-hmm. people might have actually been hallucinating that uh, they were seeing ghosts when in fact they were just poisoning themselves wow, wow. yeah so so the, these the different different economic changes um with this again this rise of the middle class uh sort of increased the popularity of uh of the ghost stories and you know we get into spiritualism and the fox sisters we've talked about them before people doing seances um in in england it seemed to take a much stronger hold than it did in the u.s although it was popular in the u.s too but um you know as things get tied to um this christmas carol and the ghost stories of christmas time that's sort of where that comes from um yeah so i guess in, in 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 kind of compressing things in that's that's sort of that i mean there, there was quite a bit more but um yeah as i'm looking at it it would have just kind of been a lot more words to say so um but that's our, our christmas story so there actually were there, there was a tradition of ghost stories for a time around christmas time probably you know, like the, the mid to late 19th century and um until it came back in Andy Williams' song, not many people <laughs> were doing it as much. It, it, it seems like in England, though, that some of the tradition continued. There was a uh, um, uh, a comment at some point in here saying it, it's hard to get three more than three or four English pe- English speaking people sitting around a fire without discussion turning to ghosts. Huh. Which, yep. hey, I'm all for that. Yeah, absolutely. It reminds me of like my family Christmases, you know, when I get together with my uncles that I hadn't seen for a while, I always ask them about their um, alien experiences. So I wonder if Ah. that might be part of it as well. You know, people just haven't seen each other for a while and they want to find out about interesting things. You know, the the reason I asked you if that was written by by a British performer, playwright, whatever, whatever, is because... Uh, one of the things I did come across today when I was when I was trying to find a topic for tonight was uh, an article written by um, some performer uh, for for the beat. You know, he's he's produced shows and he's he's an actor. He's stage stage plays, whatever. And he was hmm. talking about Dickens and the tradition of ghost stories at, at, at Christmas time in the winter. And he's talking about how, okay. you know, it, to add to kind of what you were talking about, about Dickens and everything is that, you know, the days are shorter, so it's darker early, and you're sitting around yeah. a fire and the long shadows and everything, and it's it yeah. just inevitably turns into trying to spook each other with ghost stories and and stuff like that. And I guess he was in the midst of doing a, a stage play with, uh, you know, with uh, uh, that a Christmas Carol or yeah hmm. yeah. So uh, that's why they wrote this article about him and and then talked about the traditions and everything okay. and. Yeah, so, so that was really cool yeah. that you picked that topic because yeah, Kira Cochran was who wrote the Guardian article. Okay, okay, nice. Yeah, so that was, that was it was kind of neat because again we we were watching every year we find a new version or two. Uh, this year we will be watching the Beavis and Butthead one, which we didn't watch last year. <laughs> I did not know that awesome. existed. That's awesome. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh, boy. Yes, there is. Bob Scratch it. 
Tiny Johnson. <laughs> Tiny Johnson. I can only yeah. imagine Stuart, Stuart, what his involvement is in it. I'm trying to remember if Stuart was even in there. Wow. It's, it's been a long time since we've seen it. But my, my brother-in-law is coming out this week. So he's like, hey, do you have a Chromecast or something so we can watch it? Like, oh, yeah. We're good. Cool. Nice. So we'll be watching Beavis and Butthead this year. Awesome. But yeah, we, we found just this awful version of it. It was like a made-for-TV thing from like the 50s, maybe. Yeah. Oh, it's horrible. Horrible. <laughs> but we still watched it because it was there. We hadn't seen it. Yeah. Sure. And there, there was another one on Prime that we just... We were like three minutes in, and I just said to Sherry, I said, I'm, I'm really not feeling this. She's <laughs> like, okay, let's turn it off. Nice. It was, it was not good. But uh, yeah, so there's Christmas Carol or our Christmas ghost stories. Very cool. And tales of the glory. Of Christmas is long, long ago. <laughs> oh, that would be it. So, all right, guys. Very cool topics. Yeah. Both of you. Yeah. Thank you. And and, and even the bonus with Thanks. the Yule, Yule Gant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's going to be the next Krampus. Hmm. I, I I think the, the the cat lovers are going to get behind that one. Be like, see, cats can kick your ass too. I can totally see like Yule cat parades in like Milwaukee and some of the more progressive cities. <laughs> and I think it was Reykjavik. They built a really large statue, and it's it's illuminated, uh, like like it's like a wire sculpture and it has that like, glowing red eyes. Yeah, yeah, and like people were complaining it cost too much. I'm like, how could you be complaining? <laughs> about anything around this except maybe it's not big enough yeah yeah it, it's it's pretty cool it's it, it looks like one of those wire things you'd put out in your front yard of like a deer yep uh but it's really huge and it's a big cat with red eyes so that's cool watch yourself watch yourself watch your step wear your new clothes speaking of cats completely off topic i think i recently heard that there's tiger king 2 coming out you guys heard it's of that? Out. Yeah, we watched that. Okay. Um, it wasn't quite like the first one. Gotcha. But a lot of back, a lot of other background stuff that it okay. wasn't in the first one, and some follow up things. But uh, it was a much faster watch than the the first one. And then gotcha. we turned on Discovery Plus last time, and there's a show with uh, what's her name on it. That lady with the crazy eyes. Oh, Carol Baskin. Baskins. Yeah. yeah. See, talk about people who are have that look. Yeah. There you go. There it is. Um, but uh, she's got her own show where she's trying to get everybody arrested that has anything to do with the show. But it's Animal <laughs> Planet, so okay. I don't know. So we started watching it. So, of course, we're hooked on that. Cool. So we'll keep watching it, I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, Tiger King 2. Gotta love it. Okay, guys, you're about ready to, to roll, and Steve, you can catch a ride back to your home, and <laughs> I don't know. Just, <laughs> I, I was well, just waiting. I'm like, okay, where's this going? Where's you know? I don't know. I'll know when we get there. That That's bad when it happens at work. Um, <laughs> I think we've talked about that. Not good, but all right, guys. Well, hey, um, thank you. This is this was fun, and uh, I, I think it's a good. It was a good show to get to kick off our next chapter as the future ghosts. Nice. 
So I like it. I like it. Yep. So we've got that going for us. Us going for us. Um. All right. So we will uh, be back, and uh, we got uh, paranormal1.com, paranormal1 on Facebook, Bartell and Henson Paranormal on Facebook, uh, Rock River Area Paranormal Society on Facebook conoverghosts.com uh, if you want to reach out to us you can do it through any of those ways or email at para1contact at gmail.com if you would like to be on the show as a guest about you or, you or your group or anything that you do that's paranormal related send us a message at paranormal wait what are we are again Josiah? Uh, para1 para booking para1 booking at gmail.com thank you uh i was going so well there until i stopped and thought for a second and then i just screwed it all up so thanks guys uh we will be doing this again real soon and um until next time we will see you in the dark